The time has come. It's week one. This is the Full Tilt Dynasty Podcast Network. I, of course, am your host with the most time on his hands. I am Tom Stipple FF. We made it. It's here. Look, Tuesday, the show was phenomenal. Thursday, Devi. But look, it's Saturday. And there's 672,421 podcasts, shows, YouTube channels, networks, articles, and you're choosing to end your week before kickoff with us. And we thank you for that. I, I can't wait. We It's week one. That means Budgie Smuggler is back. We've got, we've got more Aussie slang. We've changed how things are going to operate here on the show for you guys this year be a lot more what's happening in season a lot more redraft reaction and a little bit of dynasty updates i want to say last week's show really good halfway through in the second half we had some technical difficulties we want to thank everyone for sticking with us through that we love and appreciate you of course you can go find that show and all of our other shows over at true north ffb.com slash full tilt and as you can see on the screen or if you're just listening disc uh, we have our own discord spotify apple you, you can uh, sub on youtube you can find us at dynasty tilt we are literally all over the place unbelievable of course i am thomas tipple ff and joining me as always is uh, the cute hurts over there watching the volunteers uh, absolutely continue their torrid pace on their march to 2 and 0 and all the way across the planet on the other side of the map at what is it 5:30 6 o'clock in the morning it is tom lee tom underscore lee 92 a horrendously underfollowed twitter account gentlemen are we ready i'm pumped already uh just absolutely unbelievable of course we're going to talk about thursday uh because the just magnitude of blown coverage touchdowns has just swept through Twitter. Oh man. It is spread like an Australian wildfire. That is for sure. From discords to group chats to league chats and more the tilt. It's already begun. Uh, Look, if you had uh, um, opinions, if you had any sort of, predetermined statements look week one game one everyone knows you are either proven right or proven wrong and there is no in between god a little bit of satire okay let's get into it let's look every show says that they have a lot to get to we have a ton to get to gentlemen so i i just want to start uh with this a little bit of news okay we're not going to do a ton of it there's a whole bunch of it we're kind of do going to do a quick do we give a shit for the most part? It's Saturday. Yeah, up to date. But Lucas, there were a couple of things uh, that we were going to mention. Uh, kick us off with the first one, if you don't mind. So right off the bat, the deadline has passed for Lamar Jackson yeah. and Baltimore Ravens to sign their long long term contract before the season, yeah. which is absolutely nuts. I saw on Twitter earlier, somebody said that the Ravens twice made Joe Flacco the highest paid player in the NFL. But still can't get a deal done with they, Lamar. They paid for it though. Like they like it hurt them. That wasn't a good thing. Signing that contract after the Super Bowl hurt them. I think they've learned that lesson. And I'm not gonna talk about this for too long, okay? <laughs> All right, I promise. I'm gonna talk about Lamar Jackson later. But um I think Tyler Huntley has kind of given the Ravens a little bit of like 
reprieve, if you would. I don't think they want to pay him a $44, $45 million contract that's fully guaranteed. And I think Lamar Jackson wants fully guaranteed money. Kirk Cousins style. And look, they can franchise tag him for a couple of years. Yeah, they're going to pay an obscene amount of money, but it just it is what it is. I'm worried as a Ravens fan. I don't want him to go anywhere, but I don't want to pay him $45 guaranteed every single season. Uh, on a seven-year contract it's just it's a brutal situation to be in shout out to Lamar I'm I'm happy for him in the sense that he's doing it himself like that takes balls absolutely yeah exactly so good for him get his insurance but I just really hope he's in a Ravens uniform moving on exactly and then also oh Sorry. Uh, and then also uh, coming out of Denver, Nathaniel Hackett is going to say that he's running with the hot hand between Devontae Williams and Melvin Gordon. So just typical coach speak, but everybody who's won that breakout from Devontae this year might have to wait a little while for it. So one thing I want to just mention is on uh, listen to Pat Dower. I, I forget. I changed, recently changed the name, but a good football show. They had uh, – uh, one of the beat reporters on, and I've been following the beats in Denver a little bit for this reason. And there were multiple times where I'm reading the beats and it's Javante Williams taking all of the first team reps, gets all the first shot at the goal line. Then the twos come in. Then Gordon comes in and takes uh, Gordon comes in with the twos. And then Javante or um, oh my God, Melvin Gordon gets the first couple of reps with the first team again. And then Javante comes in and spells him. I am fully expecting a 60-40. Yeah. I don't think there's any way they 50-50 this thing again. I really don't think that's going to be the case. It, I think they were perfectly ready to let Melvin Gordon walk out the door and not bring him back. I think they were totally happy with that, with uh, Boone on the roster. I think they were totally fine. And then he got it got so cheap, and he had nowhere else to go, and they brought yeah, him back because why wouldn't yeah. you? I don't know if, like, we'll he. Javante Williams is so young. I don't think he has to truly break out this year to yeah. before people start panicking. But I think we're going to see maybe it's a cop out, but like a mild breakout. If he gets 60 to 65%, if he gets a Chris Carson workload, and I only say Chris Carson because it's the Seattle. I get it. Okay. But we've, we saw what Chris Carson can do with, with Russell Wilson. And Chris Carson could be an RB1 with that. So Javante Williams can be an RB1 with that. It's an interesting how our perspective of what a breakout is has changed because of the Jamar chases, the J. Like, mm-hmm. we want the runaway guy. A breakout for most like young wide receivers is just a good year. So, yes. like, if you're having an above average or a top 12 year, you can't really ask for more from Javante. You may want CMC. You're not going to get that. On right. paper, there's no way for that to happen. And it's in the offense anyway. So, it's just, it's not going to be funneled in the way I think that we want and we think the talent could be. But if you're backing him in, he doesn't need more than 60% to do the job you want him to do. If you're tilting over that, send him my way because I want more. I think 60% is what he would need to actually break out. I don't think anything anything less than 60%, I think he's a lost cause. Yeah, it'd be against odds to do it. Correct. But the offense should be better. The offense should definitely be better. And what was it, the one game without Melvin Gordon? Javante was an RB1, and he looked damn good. So we'll see what happens. Um I'm yeah, predicting 60-40 split. I'm predicting a top 15 season from Javante this year. Fantasy Pros has him as their RB14 uh, for week one, which 
But drafting him in the mid second, though, that's the only thing that scares me a little bit. It's just sure, that price tag for Dynasty, but, though. I don't think he was getting drafted there in redraft. Oh, so no, that's, exactly. that's, that's where he's going that, in redraft. He is oh, a mid second round pick. Mm. Well, you're drafting for ceiling at that point. You're not drafting for floor. So shout out. I wouldn't be touching running back until the fifth or sixth, eighth round in, in, in a redraft league. But that's neither here nor there. What's next? Uh, that's basically it for news. Uh, Russell Wilson last week signed his long-term extensions, but he was going to be in Denver next year anyway. But as a Denver Broncos fan, it's nice to have a quarterback <sighs> yeah, that actually finally. looks competent for once, especially after Peyton's been gone for however many years. That's kind of nice. Seven quarterbacks later. Um, <laughs> also nice I, I should say, like, the ghost of Peyton Manning was the last decent yeah. quarterback they had because that was not Peyton Manning at quarterback in the last Super Bowl run. Shout out Osweiler. Um, <laughs> I do want to mention Tom Lee. What did I say? Darren Waller's not showing up without a new contract. He gets a huge, massive extension announced yep. today. He and his hamstring all of a sudden is probably feeling a lot better ahead of Week One, right? He's got four of them now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, I think it was a contract problem the whole way. I don't think it was an actual injury issue, of course. But look, that's it. That's it for a little bit of news. When we come back, we're going to do a little bit of injury updates. We had a few updates heading into tomorrow, and then we will get right into the good stuff, man. So sit tight. Here's a clip from Tuesday's show with Jacob, uh, Billy, and I. Enjoy. I love this player. And I think he's going to have a great year. But week one, I am really worried about starting Brandon Ayuk. He's going into Chicago, playing against a strong defense that is still going to have Roquan Smith in a game that is supposedly going to be very rainy with a superstar still at wide receiver in Debo Samuel and a maybe at quarterback. I think Trey Lance is a good quarterback, but this is his first like serious, serious start in the NFL where everything moving forward is him. I, I love Brandon Ayuk. I think he's going to have a great year. He's one of my favorite breakouts this year, but for this game in particular to start out, I am really worried and I'm really looking forward to him playing Seattle next week at home. Mm. So now with the news that George Kittle likely not going to suit up, I wonder if that that tone changes for Ayuk. Does it change for you guys at all? Knowing that Kittle is man, he's dealing with a groin already. Like this man was not only one of the biggest fades of the off season, but it's kind of been looking like that for, in my oh, opinion, wow. two years now. Kittle groin is listed as questionable for Sunday's game against Chicago. Matt Barrows of the athletic reports. I'm going to assume Kittle is not playing. It is a groin. I don't think they want to do that early. Maybe it changes for Ayuk, but that's what this portion of the show is for. It is for some injury discussion. So let's run through just some of the notables. Rondell Moore, out. He will not play. This is what we know for now. Uh, he is not in. Byron Murphy Jr., questionable. Uh, Travian Mullen, he is out. Zach Ertz, that's the one I want to talk about because this man hasn't practiced in weeks. Like He is not really shown up in weeks and now we're expecting him to go out uh and yeah 31 years old definitely definitely hurts this 
the they need to score points. We thought maybe it would funnel to Rondale. That's not an option. No Hopkins. Like it's really just looking like Trey McBride and Marquise Brown and a lot of James Conner uh, this week. So uh, interesting note on the Cardinals, and that's where we're at. Uh, Lucas, what do you got? I'm very scared about Zach Ertz, especially because in my family's league, I missed out on a lot of tight ends, and Ertz was just there in the ninth, and I didn't draft another one the rest <laughs> of the way. So I'm I'm shaking my boots a little bit. Uh, it does have me really paying attention to Alberto. Uh, we'll see, but as far as injuries go, I mean. It does suck that Rondell Moore is going to be out too, just because he was one of my week one players I was really paying attention to. And I kind of wanted to get out in front of it because I thought he'd be a high priority waiver pickup after week one. Yeah. So it, it's it's very unfortunate that we can't see that, but it does mean that I can uh, use another roster spot or don't have to spend a waiver to get him after week one. If I feel if we watch that game and we see, oh, there's definitely a role for him in this game because the Cardinals are just missing that, then it'll be nice to pick him up. 100%. Tom Lee, as of yesterday, Drake London still listed as questionable. They do not know if he yeah. is going to play. Uh, not trusting him in your lineup week one? It's hard to say you're trusting any Atlanta player ever in your lineup apart from Kyle Pitts. So if he plays, I'm probably not rolling him out. There's a question later on I have about start sit where he's an option, um, but I'm, I'm a little with you there that I am fading him. Um, there's a few rookies kind of in doubt and under an injury cloud as well. I want to talk about Kenneth Walker um, in Seattle as well, just because it means that, again, that, that, that whole offense is questionable. I want to see what it looks like, what they're doing, but it means that Penny comes into consideration a lot more in lineups. And um, when we get to our start sets later on, that might be an issue. Right. And no, that's, that's important to note. Look, Greedy Williams still on the injured reserve September 9th. That's huge for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, obviously one of their, their better players on defense. That's important to note for your matchups. Uh, Michael Gallup officially ruled out. He was practicing. Uh, so he is officially ruled out. Another interest uh, thing I find very interesting is that they're saying Tolbert is not even a lock to suit up in week yeah. one. And I remember that Tolbert was supposed to be an absolute smash play out of the gate. Well, it looks like Noah Brown uh, might have that uh, on lockdown. Randy Gregory listed as questionable. KJ Hamler also listed as questionable for the Broncos. Frank Ragnow listed as questionable as of today for Detroit. Oh, my goodness. Uh, David Bakhtiari, questionable. Alan Lazard listed as doubtful. Romeo Dobbs has got to smash this week. Yeah, exactly. We just, you nailed it. You absolutely nailed it all the way from Twitch. Uh, just mentioning it. Alan Lazard, uh, definitely listed as doubtful as of yesterday, but there's no way he's playing. I think that was pretty common knowledge. Romeo Dobbs, I mean, Christian Watson has barely practiced uh, in the preseason. He's been battling injury. Dobbs has been cleared for this week, but yeah, it's, right. It's I understand that he's been clear, but an unfamiliar Rogers, I he might lean on Dobbs. I don't know where to go in this offense. All I know is when we talk about pickums towards the end of the show on Underdog, seeing as how this show is presented by Underdog, uh, I am hammering the over on Aaron Jones as receiving because wide receiver yes. one Aaron Jones season is upon us, everybody. It's a real thing. 
No, it's it's I, we've been saying it on this program that he is the wide receiver one, and it's it's not relatively going to be close. Uh, Tanyan, look, coming off the injury he's coming off of, and coming off of just not being a very solid asset outside of one season of ten touchdowns. Maybe by force he has to have a heavy workload for sure, but I have a feeling this is an A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones game. And if Dobbs gets a touchdown, it would not surprise me. Like if he ends up being the red zone target away from Tunyon, it would not surprise me at all. Uh, Shaquille Leonard, that's going to get – it's very weird for me to call him Shaquille Leonard, but he is ruled out for Indy. Uh, Jacksonville coming in surprisingly healthy. Uh, Kansas City coming in healthy. Um, JC Jackson doubtful. That is big for the matchup against the Raiders. Uh, that's going to be, that's going to be an important one. Same with, uh, Drew Tranquil. Um, obviously we don't need to talk much about, I, I don't think there's, uh, too many other, uh, outrageous surprises. Um, Ty Montgomery, not likely to play Jacoby Myers, questionable Isaiah Wynn, questionable, the whole Patriots just avoid them. Jesus. Sounds and then like the Andre Stevenson season to me. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, I hope so. For all my redrafts, I really hope so. Tyron Matthew listed as questionable. Uh, it looks like the Giants are coming in at pretty much uh, Max Health. No Kevion Thibodeau. Thank God he did not end up on IR because brutal. Dwayne Brown got put on IR today. Uh, he could not fight through what he needed to. And we have Joe Flacco starting. Joe Flacco plays against the Ravens. I saw a report that if Zach Wilson practiced in full on Monday, he was starting. Well, guess what? He's not. They tried to take Joe Flacco away from the Ravens. They tried to take away my narrative that I had written on this goddamn show sheet since I wrote the show sheet on like uh, Wednesday last week. All right. It was a while ago. while ago. I had this written, and they tried to take it away from me, and they couldn't. We're getting it. Joe Flacco is starting his Kurt Warner story arc fucking this week, except it'll be a loss against the Ravens. So, uh, obviously, there's that. Tyree Jackson, he's out. Andre Dillard, that one's a big one for the Eagles. He is out. Uh, The Pittsburgh Steelers are coming in relatively healthy for a change. We talked about San Francisco. We did talk about a little bit of Seattle. You want to be fading that offense anyway. Chris Godwin, questionable. This is the last one that I really want to hammer home. I don't think I'm putting Chris Godwin in my lineup, playing or not. I don't think you can. No. I don't think you can play Chris Godwin confidently. Obviously, if you're really – if you're quote-unquote just looking for four, maybe five receptions and 40 yards, then maybe you can slot in Chris Godwin. I don't know how much they're actually going to use him. It's it's tough. It he just shed the knee brace. He's been working through it. I think this team is going to be a team that's again uh, in it for the long run. Do we want Brait or Rudolph? I want Brait. Uh, familiarity. He's been a red zone target before in the past. Uh, I don't want either. But <laughs> yeah, if yeah. if I'm rostering one, and I'll tell you from experience, I am a fade the tight end guy as Tom Lee is. I have enough Cameron Braid on the back end of my deep rosters that if I need, I am starting Cameron. Holy shit. I'm starting Cameron Braid in two leagues this week. So there's your answer. <laughs> Dang. 
But I think with just the depth at wide receiver, it, there's no sense in risking it. There's not this really high upside, I think, to starting Godwin this week. Just coming off the injury. You only say I that because his ass is in your starting lineup. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that's true. Oh, Streamlabs, relax. I got to fix that. Um, uh, You only say that because his ass is in your starting lineup. Look. I never, I'm never going to play Kyle Rudolph in any starting lineup at any time ever. I'd rather leave it blank. So there's, there's also that uh, reason there, but Hey, moving on. Um, Other than, I I don't think you can play Chris Godwin. And the funny part is Russell Gage is supposed to replace him, uh, but hamstring is likely to play. You know, who's not on this list? Julio motherfucking Jones. Let's go. Uh, I think that's going to wrap up the injury portion of this. Does anyone else have anything else to add before we move on? Look, we're at 22 minutes. We're going to try to, you know, keep it nice and clean. I think we're good. Moving on. Let's do it. it. All right. Sit tight. Here is another clip from Tuesday's uh, episode where I actually like this take here a little bit. I think that Singletary still has an opportunity to get this role and really keep it throughout the year as they really grind down his contract year. I'm, I'm nervous, but I want to see how Singletary performs because he doesn't do anything particularly special, but he doesn't really fuck it up either. So I yeah. think watching yeah. him on the goal line and how they deploy him on third down is going to really kind of tell their intended use for likely the first quarter of the season is what I'll say. Then the rookie will probably slide a little bit more in but Devin Singletary the player that I'm watching for the most on Thursday yeah and it turned it turns out that uh, Devin Singletary didn't do a lot but he also didn't mess it up either Austin Hooper question mark um, in in regards to which um portion of that i think he's a fine player if that's what you're wondering i would player play, uh, play him if i if i had to in a pinch uh, i think he will be targeted a little bit i think that there's some target question marks over in tennessee but again i want my my late round tight end to be a super athletic player and i don't really see that out of mr hooper Look, while we're talking about Singletary just now, let's talk about the Thursday game before we move on to the rest of the games this week. Thursday had so much happen. We had five interceptions. We had, what, two, three fumbles. The turnovers were unbelievable, yet the Bills somehow put up 31 points. Look, Billy and I took the over. We missed it. Jacob took the under. He hit it because, of course, he did because the man is a fucking genius. It's infuriating. But let's 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 talk about the game, guys. Um, let's talk first about the Bills. Obviously, Josh Allen absolutely lit it up, ninety-one point five grade according to Pro Football Focus. Uh, the next player I want to re- Devin Singletary had a seventy-two point three grade in in the passing game. Absolutely unbelievable. I think he he has that job. The player that absolutely sent me this week was Zach Moss. Zach Moss in week one had, had 22 snaps. That is already more than I ever thought Zach Moss was going to end up with. Um, after briefly looking through you guys, 
what stands out to you guys the most? I have I have a take, uh, but I'll, I'll get that uh, at the end. Oh, my God. Sorry. I'm trying to read a couple of things that's popping up here. But, guys, on the Bills side, aside from Gabe Davis, something that you noticed. Josh Allen is a god. That yeah. man can do no oh, wrong. He's... Like <laughs> yeah, he, he looked kind of good. I mean, yeah. he's the best running back in the Bills' backfield, honestly. Uh-huh. He led the team with rushing, just an absolute cannon. I think he had five incompletions on the night, and two of them were interceptions. And one of them was just not his fault. This Isaiah McKenzie got uh, beats for his interception because he just gave it to the defender. I mean, holy cow. Like, last year, Allen was good. This year, he might be even better. It's not too often you get back-to-back QB1s, but I think we're going to get back-to-back-to-back QB1s. Yeah, Alan strikes me as one of those guys who is almost match-up proof. There's no shutting him out of games as far as fantasy production goes, which is exciting to have in a QB1. Um, For me, (laughs) not anti-tight end take necessarily, but uh, Dawson Knox is not a special player. He's he's fine in certain games, but... (laughs) <laughs> if you had any Dawson Knox types, I'm not going to cash this one out just yet because he'll have his games where he's hyper-targeted and he'll score a few touchdowns. But yeah, he's not a weekly fill-it-in-that-stat-line sort of player. Um, yeah, that's my main takeaway. That's what I'm thinking you got to drop him. Oh, in uh, regards to Austin Hooper, yeah, he's not somebody that I'm super excited to have on my roster. I'd much rather have a backup running back, especially he, uh, as we He could gotten, be one of those guys who is a stat filler, which is just... Yeah, but you, you, you don't want to actively like, play them. Yeah. Uh, what up, FTDP? Hey, what up, uh, Rigged? Happy to see you, man. Uh, keep in mind, I, this is exactly what I'm going to talk. This is exactly what I was going to talk about uh, right away. Haven't played in a few years. Drafted Thursday night. Now trying to see what I got. Picked fourth and grabbed Josh Allen. Hey, nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. Uh, Josh Allen's he's the man. If it's a single QB, you and I got to have a conversation. Yeah. But that's okay. Like Welcome in. Yeah. Jasper, welcome in, man. We're gonna we're gonna try to help guide you through this thing. I do want to talk about the James Cook victory laps already. Look, I said on this show a thousand times, it is my most watched clip that I have had on this show ever. Stop drafting James Cook at one ten, and then you guys went and started drafting him at one four. He had question marks. This offense had question marks. Zach Moss not going away. However, with the history of the Buffalo Bills not necessarily throwing to the running backs often, we have a new OC over there in Buffalo. And Zach Moss hauled in six receptions on six targets. Zach Moss. He was horrifically inefficient. He only had 21 yards in those six receptions, 3.5 a clip. He graded out at a 73.3. Awesome. Very happy for him. 73 pass block. That's what's going to also help keep him on the field. We understand that James Cook fumbled. Well, Zach Moss fumbled too. But James Cook is a rookie, so he's going to get shit on a little bit. James Cook is an explosive player. If James Cook gets those six targets, there's a good chance he does a lot more with them. He is a much better receiver. That is what he was drafted for in Buffalo. To be the, they tried to sign J.D. McKissick. It was quite obvious that they were going to try to throw the ball a little bit more. Singletary only got two targets, hauled in two receptions. 
Yeah, I understand he has sure hands, but those sure hands don't help his feet. Uh, and I think that that's, <laughs> that's important to note. So I think, I think that rigged is correct in that James Cook is in the doghouse, but six, five, six, seven weeks, an explosive play or two locks that down. Once we start seeing those targets shift to James Cook, I think James Cook has a chance to smash in the second half of the season. That's something that I noticed while watching the Bills offense was the checkdowns to the running backs. And of course, James Cook can do a lot more than just check it down. As we, runs, go, as we go through these waivers after week one, a lot of people are going to drop James Cook. I fully expect it. I'm in one league where you can add and drop players whenever you want. And they already draft or already dropped James Cook. I already went in there and scooped him up. I mean, he's somebody who I think that you're going to want to pay attention to. I can't believe people are. It might be able that. to pick him up because I mean, he has a ton of upside right now. And mm-hmm. early on, you shouldn't already be in these ridiculous roster crunches to where you can drop players who have that much upside. He's not already dead on the season. There's absolutely no way he is. Don't drop him yet. I'm begging you people, don't drop him yet. You already screwed up. You already paid too much for him, but now's not the time to get rid of him. Right. And I just, I just want to note that he had three targets behind the line of scrimmage, Zach Moss. Okay. Those are easy checkdowns, um, screens. Awesome. But he also had three receptions from the line of scrimmage up to nine yards. That's plays downfield at least a little bit. It's not 10 to 20. It's not deep. It's not say, you know, say that for what you will. But if you're giving James Cook the Texas route, if we give James Cook the the out, the swings, all, the wheel routes, I really think at the end of the year he's going to pay off. He's going to hit. So that's something I noticed. Let's talk about the Rams a little bit uh, before we move on here. I don't know what to do with the LA Rams. I honestly think... Matt Stafford's gun shy right now. He looks gun shy to me. Two times Allen Robinson was wide open and Matt Stafford was like, I'm going to run it fam. I'm taking it. These legs are going to get us through. And he looked hesitant. He looked, he, he was getting shit kicked all night, but if it wasn't Cooper cup, it did not look like he wanted to throw it. Tyler Higby had 11 targets. Yes, he did. He had 11 targets and he turned into what? 8.6 fantasy points. I think Higby's worth, worth rostering. If that's going to be his target share, whether it's good or not, he'll score a touchdown somewhere in there. Then you'll be happy. Um, Cooper cups a God. I think that has to be noted. And I, I've heard enough already about the cam Akers situation. If you would, so I don't need to get into too much of that. All I'm going to say on that, and I'll let you guys go on and your thoughts on the Rams from Thursday night. Henderson was always a smarter play at ADP. I know I, I look, I've already talked about walking back my Cam Akers top five. I walked that back months ago. I've already got DMs about it. Trust me. I know. I know. But we're human and we adjust to new data. Henderson was the smartest play on ADP. So shout out to everyone who went ahead and did that. Henderson was not able to keep Sony Michelle off the field last year. He will lose this job. He will lose snaps. Kyron Williams 
is not a player that I am threatened by. I think Cam Makers, once he's out of the doghouse, I think you'll see an unfortunate committee situation here. I think you're going to be relying on touchdowns. Uh, I'm out completely at this point. Uh, I'm just completely. I think it's going to be a shit show. I think the whole Rams offense is going to be a shit show outside of Cooper Cup. Maybe it's just too strong of a week one overreaction. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'm anxiously awaiting uh, your guys' opinion on this. But aside from Cooper Cup, I think this offense is in trouble. And I have no idea what the hell. Tom Lee, you and I went back and forth on Allen Robinson. I'm I'm willing yeah. to take a second and get him the hell out of off my roster right now and yeah. cut ties, get out of Dodge. You're still not willing to move him for less than a first. And in in redraft, I, I want to move off of him as as a as a a player I'm relying on immediately. Yeah. Um, so let's hear your guys' opinion on the Rams. I think I'm overreacting a little bit. Let's see what you guys got. But so I think with Stafford, oh no, just, oh uh, no, no, oh my God, mm. I forgot you did that. Um, mm. Our poor homie here dropped Brady when he uh, announced his retirement. And he has been roasted about it every week since. Shout out, man. I'm so sorry about that. Yeah, At least you got a good retire. You've got <laughs> you've got a good spirit about it, which is one thing I appreciate about you. All right, let's hear it. Rams overreactions. So I think with Stafford right now, it was just a worst case scenario for him going into week one. The Rams offensive line is definitely worse than it was last year. And Stafford was the 28th ranked quarterback in PFF according to like his passing against uh, pressure. It's just that's not what he does well. Also, the Rams were far and away. They relied the most on passing touchdowns inside the red zone than ER team in the league compared to their rushing touchdowns. Regression was coming. It had to be coming. I don't know why he was going ahead of Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins. He was the late round quarterback late round a uh, quarterback that I did not want to draft did not want to depend on him and he's kind of showing why I mean it, he has nowhere to go but up from here but the bills definitely showed the Does weaknesses because last year he was tied for interceptions with Trevor Lawrence and he's already sown three this year yeah. turnovers are not not his thing and this is why I'm going to cut you off here a little bit Lucas sorry go ahead Konami quarterbacks matter you draft a pylon. These are the things that can happen when your pocket collapses. I was happier having Daniel Jones later in drafts, both redraft and dynasty than Matthew Stafford in the fifth and sixth round. And I'll fucking do it again next year. Carry on. I mean, you said it best. Uh, if you're going for these late round quarterbacks and even late round tight ends, Go for upside, dadgummit. Go get Justin Fields. Don't stick on Matthew freaking Stafford here. He was going to regress. All right? It's it's going to happen. Don't go and get Austin Hooper. All right? Don't go and get freaking uh, – who's that guy you brought up right off the top of the show? Uh, Did you just fucking say doggone it? Dad I'm out here it. cussing. Dad Tom Lee's it. out here cussing. And we've got wholesome Lucas down here. Aw, right. shucks, doggone it. Quick oh, aside wait. here. Quick aside here. I went to Prague in college as part of a study abroad. And we were going around and I kept saying, every time we saw something nice, because Prague is a beautiful city, I would say, oh, yeah. dadgum. 
Daggum. And so then by the end of the trip, the whole class, whatever, they beat me to it. Right before I'd say daggum, oh, that's what they were beating no. me to. So, yeah. You're also, such a, you're, just you're, got you're, hunt blocked. You're oh. too much of a sweetheart for this program, it turns out. Leonard Fournette, stud <laughs> or dud this season? Absolute stud this season. Absolute stud this season. He's healthy. He's an RB1, period. Rashad White is going to eat into some of that work, but Giovanni Bernard is dust and Vaughn sucks. Absolute stud. Carry on, Lucas. Sorry, I just I couldn't believe you just said that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I don't have a lot else to say, honestly. I mean, it's just you made your bed. You got to lay it now if Matthew Stafford's your quarterback. Uh, he has to be better than he was last night or Thursday night. I mean, it, it's going to happen. The Bills have a really good defense, and hopefully the Rams will put it together. Sean McVay is an incredibly good coach, and they'll eventually get Allen Robinson involved more. But something I think you should pay attention to throughout week one is the teams that were not playing their starters a lot are going to look a little rusty. Yeah, it I'm, happened last year consistently. Yeah. The Packers yeah. got run out of their own building by the Saints because the stars had never played together before. Yes, it's going to happen again. That's why I'm kind of fading the Broncos this week because none of them have played together, especially with Wilson, other than practice. So it's just it was it was a bad combination, really bad combination. I agree. I absolutely love that. Tom Blee, anything to add? We'll talk a little bit about Allen Robinson. So this week with the Rams. It's kind of like Jurassic Park 1, right? Yeah, okay. There, there's a giant T-Rex in front of you, and if you move, you are going to get eaten for sure. If you stay still, you have a chance of watching something majestic, but we're not quite sure what's going to happen. Uh, right. Jurassic Park 2 was not necessarily the most successful film, but there were still cool dinosaurs in it. I'm hoping Alan Robinson can be one of them. Uh, <laughs> if, he's not by, if he's not by Jurassic Park 3, get him out of your team. So it's, it's really funny. How long do you want to keep this guy around for? before he actually hurts you. So like you said before, it's you don't want to be reliant on A-Rob, but I've got to give him a chance to see if there is improvement here to be had. Um, I, under- I understand that completely. I really yeah. do. It just my risk tolerance on a player who looked like he was absolutely dust last year, yeah. hyped up with the contract and maybe coming into an offense that saw Odell Beckham perform pretty well uh, when when he got the move there. And we were just kind of copying and pasting the hope that Allen Robinson would perform. And if week one is any indication, obviously he's going to have better games than that. He's going to have better games than that. Absolutely. Dust, dust he is a is. real outcome here as well. And I think that's it. It's not dusty. Yes. Dusty is a real concern uh, an absolutely legitimate concern. Uh, also, Fucking Skoranek. Can we get Skoranek off the field? <laughs> oh, my God. Like. Watching that man trying to run block is just putrid. Losing Robert Woods for that is – I. it's going to hurt him bad. Yeah. But at it's the end of the day, time. white Jerry Rice is out there, and that's all that matters. Cooper Cup, absolute, absolute animal. The fade Cooper Cup people just absolutely in shambles week one. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, it's Budgie Smugglers of the Week. We're going to start laying the line on some of our favorite plays for the week and why before we get to our pick and plays at the end of the show. If you're new to the show, we love and appreciate If you haven't subscribed already, shout out to everyone over there at FF on Twitch. Hit that sub button. We'll be seeing you again sooner than later tonight. And enjoy this clip 
from last Tuesday's show. Absolutely phenomenal. I just want to shout out the 33rd team and oh, their man. tool, yeah. The Edge. Yeah. Uh, their tool over at The Edge which is free this year, which is insane. I have been on it since it launched, and I'm already finding myself improving as a fantasy player. So There's so much data. You can start, they have it just it's real easy to use, even for a dumb dumb like me. Um, I use like spreadsheets for dummies, and I can I can find this out. You can search positionally, plays, where they've lined up, how many snaps, their success. It's truly a phenomenal all-around tool. This will not be free next year. It is amazing that it is free this year. So I just wanted to shout out Josh Larkey and the entire 33rd team. They are doing phenomenal work. Keep it up. So from us to you. I just want to point out that Lucas actually cut off the part where I was going to say from us to you. And I believe I said, thank you or good job. And you like cut off the actual message at the end. So shout out for that. Um, from us to you, nothing, just dead <laughs> silence. That's what you get. You get nothing, no free promo. Um, uh, I was surprised at how stout the bills D was Hey, Von Miller. I, and the last point I wanted to make, cause it's a little bit narrative, but did Von Miller tip off the Bills defense on everything they were doing? Like he was only with that team for like four months. Like he won the Super Bowl and he's like, I'm going to tip off absolutely everything. And I know that we've seen with NFL films, bless them, that they're like calling out plays before it happens at times. I'm wondering if Von Miller just gave him the rundown because they had everything covered. So that's also something to note players that switch teams and they play them right away. There's, you know, a little something there. Maybe. Well, who knows? Tom Lee, Budgie Smuggler of the Week is my favorite segment that we have. Aside from Billy Stack Corner, maybe, yeah. on the entire network, this is my favorite thing on Earth. Uh, for people who are new, what is the Budgie Smuggler of the Week? And why do Budgie Smugglers need to reply to my constant emails to sponsor this fucking program? Go ahead. So if you missed us in season one, what is a budgie smuggler? A budgie smuggler is a pair of speedos in Australia. Um, and for us, it, it sort of, it epitomizes what we stand for. It's where otherwise you could be very average. You could see yourself as just one of the people. But if you have the confidence to strut out there and throw yourself in a pair of budgie smugglers and strut your stuff down the street on the Gold Coast, bright, sunny, but you don't give a shit. That is what we're about with the budgie smuggler. To read from their own website, they're, run, they're currently running a competition are you Australia's most ordinary week? They are looking for the most ordinary of ordinary and making it a little bit special. And that's what we're looking for. So on a weekly basis, we go who we may not consider or think of as like a shiny, you know, guaranteed starter each week. Um, yeah, we, uh, we are looking for the guy who's packing a little extra heat, a little extra confidence. Um, Correct. Someone who's going to strut their stuff on a weekly basis. We are looking for a player who's going from looking like Danny DeVito to Chris Hemsworth in their budgie smugglers. In and their I got in, in their, <laughs> Hey, that's all that matters. Next all week right? They still may be very much Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But for a short period of time, they're my Chris, Chris Hemsworth. Um, I'm going to start, I'm going to start this thing off and nice. look, I know we normally don't take like superstar players, but I'm not missing the opportunity to start off 
budgie smuggler week one without a Baltimore Raven. Lamar Jackson has not played since December of last year with no contract. Oh my God. I'm going to move this over. Sorry, everyone with no contract agreed to by the deadline and not playing since December 12th of 2021. I don't think there's another player who needs a little bit more fuel than Lamar Jackson himself. The man will be walking down the beaches in his budgie strutting his stuff all over the New York football jets. Hell, he might walk through Times Square in his budgie smuggler. Jackson opens up the season against a potentially up-and-coming defense. Sure, still the Jets. He gets to play the man, the myth, the legend, the man he replaced, Joe Flacco. You got something to prove right there. The man's won a Super Bowl MVP. He's looking to do the same. I'd want to avoid Lamar Jackson if I were the New York Jets, but there are some troubling things. He has an alarming 3.48% turnover worthy play rate from last year not great but his big time throw percentage was an insane 3.89 percent the man either makes big plays or really dumb ones and i love him for that but with an implied point total of 44 points i'm taking the over i have a prediction of 245 passing yards 65 rushing yards with two touchdowns Potentially a turnover, but I'm not talking about that. It's an improving Jets defense, but there are question marks. Their linebacking core is horrific. Their defensive line, not great. And even though Ronnie Stanley is still not suiting up at left tackle, the offensive line is better. Even though Mike Davis might be a goal line sniper, I really believe Lamar Jackson is going to try and look like 2019's opening day Lamar Jackson and absolutely abuse the ever-living shit out of Joe Flacco and the New York Jets. Lamar Jackson, my budgie smuggler, week one. Love it. Who's next? I really like it. Uh, I guess I'll go next. Uh, my budgie smuggler of the week. I can't do it the same way Tom did. I just can't. I'm sorry, people. I won't be able to put that me theatrics into it. Uh, I'm not the one who's out there on the beach wearing a budgie smuggler. That we'll just put it that way. (laughs) Not yet. Not yet. But somebody who I think could win you your week this week is Marquise Hollywood Brown for the Cardinals. I mean, going into Arizona, they have so many vacated targets that just left the team, plus the ones that can't actually go this week. I mean, they each lost 25% of their targets and their air yards. Plus, DeAndre Hopkins isn't there. Plus, Rondell Moore's not going. Plus, Zach Ertz is hurt. Are are we losing confidence in Kyler Murray? I don't think so. He's going to go to his best friend from college, and -hmm. it's going to be absolute mayhem. He could put up over 30 points this week. There is that in his realm of possibilities, but... You have to remember last time we saw him, while he was a fringe wide receiver one for the Ravens last year, his last six weeks were rough. Just in terms of how he played. Yes, he still was producing for you, but he was below average receiver according to PFF those last six weeks. And I mean, it was very consistently below average. So which Marquise Brown are we actually going to get? That will be tough, but he does have that ability to win you your week one and start you off on the path to your fantasy championship this year. 
AFI Marquise Brown requesting requesting a trade, and you're traded for a mid first round pick. You're walking through the door, and that budgie smuggler with nothing but pure confidence and disdain for your former team, as Marquise Brown has tweeted before. Why have soldiers if you ain't gonna use them? Cliff Kingsbury is gonna find a way to use them. Tom Lee. Like Lucas said, I'm not rolling with as much pizzazz with my budgie smugglers. I'm a little understated. You're still gonna notice me down at the beach. But uh, a little, a little, uh, let's just say a little whiter and a little old dad style compared to the two uh, sexier picks you boys have rolled with. Uh, Matt Ryan, um, former quarterback of my, I'd say beloved Falcons, fan of Falcons, um, <laughs> has been surrounded by utter shit for the last two and however many years since he, you know, lost a Super Bowl. Um, finally gets some weapons, finally gets a bit of fun around him, finally gets a great O line which is what we're after, for some security and solidarity from the pocket. Um, it plays the Texans. The narrative Colts versus Texans the last few years and points being scored, I think, continues with Matthew Ryan. The only threat to Matt Ryan, I guess, popping a hole in his budgies and having the world see him for the average white pasty old man that he is, is possibly that JT takes the whole game away from him in his hands. So as long as the passes go forward, we should see yes. uh, a bit of strut and a bit of style. The biggest threat is on his own team if he hands it backwards to the best running back in football at the moment. Yeah, I, I mean, Matt Ryan is is obviously I've been saying Matt Ryan is my favorite late quarterback grab all offseason. That has yep. not changed. Uh, I, I love that pick, and I love Michael Pittman's – we're going to talk about it in the pick and play, but I love Michael Pittman's implied receiving yardage. I think he's going to absolutely smash – uh, Matt Ryan is my favorite QB two of the week. So I love that. That's it. All right. That's the buddy smoker of the week. We're going to take another quick second. We come back. We are going to talk about games that we are comfortable stacking in our flex spots and a player in each for that. Uh, we're moving along here. We're at 51 minutes. Thanks for hanging out with us, everybody. Enjoy. Whoever is the quarterback for the Steelers is going to be valuable. So long as they're the quarterback for the Steelers, like Trubisky, we, we saw him two years ago play at the caliber of a very, very good quarterback. He, I rode him to a fantasy championship. Like, he, he ran through stretches of game where he was maintaining that fantasy-relevant QB situation all while dealing with Matt Nagy's offense. I hate when Billy's right, and Billy was right on that. Uh, Trubisky can definitely be more than serviceable out there on the field. Tom Lee, why don't you explain this next bit here to people who might be new so they understand what it is we're about to do here. Punishing a tolly. So a tolly is a tall beer, uh, a long mm -hmm. beer. It's not meant to be too serious and in-depth as far as statistical uh, breakdown and diagnosis goes. However, with redraft, you do need a reason for the madness, and – it's really just a lighthearted discussion. We're here to have a chat about uh, something that we think is going to happen this week. I mean, for us, it's it's games that we're flexible. Uh, sorry, games that we're confident this week attacking in the flex spot uh, and the reasons why. So we'll sort of have a, a lighthearted chat over a long beer uh, about these pieces. Jasper, I just want to point out, hmm, I like Trubisky. Steelers on my team. You're not going to like Trubisky for long. Uh, I just want you to note about that. Uh, fine for fantasy for the next couple of weeks, but go look up bears fans and ask him, go ask Dave Kluge how he feels about, or Steven Johnson of chai city sports.com on Twitter and ask him his true thoughts on Mitch Trubisky. Uh, 
I fear for you, my friend. But we'll be here when you're tilting. We'll be here. We'll be here for you. Um, games we're comfortable stacking. I want to start with Lucas. I love the, the game that you have picked. Why are you comfortable stacking this game aside from super obvious reasons? And who are some players you're looking to absolutely get in your lineup with confidence? I mean, this week I went Raiders versus Chargers. That was arguably the most exciting game before the playoffs last year for the NFL. They were literally playing for the very last playoff spot because the Colts choked against the Jaguars in the last week of the season. I mean, they put up points. There were a lot of highlight plays, and you have Justin Justin Herbert, who is arguably the number one quarterback in fantasy this year. And then Derek Carr has a brand new shiny weapon that he absolutely loves in Devontae Adams. But we're talking about our flex here. So looking a little bit deeper down, I mean, I don't know if you could, would consider a Mike Williams a flex play, but if you have the opportunity to put Mike Williams in your flex play, you do that, you don't think about it anymore. I mean, you put him in there and everything's going to be good. Uh, if you're going a little bit deeper, I like Hunter Renfro. I like Hunter Renfro this week, especially if they're going to be a little slow working Devontae Adams into that offense. I think he could be a sneaky good flex play, especially if you have uh, one of these rookie running backs that you're not particularly excited about in week one. I think he could be a really good flex play for you. I like it. Yeah, I like that as well. Uh, Which game will have a higher total point? Kansas City versus Arizona or Las Vegas versus Spoilers. the the chargers <laughs> uh, which which uh which te- which game is going to have the higher yeah, the question right Lucas's here then. but uh mm-hmm. the, the irony would be that the game that i chose was the other one that he's mentioned so and it's for that reason alone right it is both of these should have high points going i think personally that both of the uh, the l teams have more high-powered offenses and are more likely to put those points up um, the fun of the other game is it should be high scoring, but there's more flex worthy pieces available in that range. Mm-hmm. And that was why I went that way. So I think it'll be the LV versus LAC, but time will tell. With a one point differential on the over under on the spread right now, it is the Chiefs and Cardinals. But Chiefs have new offensive weapons, and the Cardinals are injured slash suspended all over the place. So yeah. I'm going to have to go. Uh, Raiders and Chargers on that question as well. Tom Lee, the game you are comfortable stacking the most and a player you are forcing into your lineups as much as possible. So it's that game, right? It's the Chiefs versus the Cardinals. So for that, it's the exact same reason. Should be high scoring. Last year is really hard to pull back on as an example of what this game should look like. Last year, Connor, Murray, and uh, uh, and D-Hop all didn't play. Um, so I think it was 17 to 10 or something ridiculous. Uh, and they didn't need to play very hard. So we'll see what happens. The appeal for me with the flex is that there's so many options that are decent value here. Um, I couldn't pick one. Uh, I will go with one eventually. But Juju, CEH, uh, AJ Green, and MVS are the guys who I think are outside the top 24 in all their, all their uh, positions for most people's ranks this week. Um, for me, CEH is probably the most interesting because, like, again, we're not in on CEH, but how much opportunity do you need? It's week one. If there's going to be a time where something, you know, goes a little Alan Robinson-esque one of the two ways, this could be that week. So for me, if he's sitting there, why not take the pun on what could be something pretty good? I mean, if you're talking about in your flex spot, 15 opportunities, 16 opportunities in this game on an Arizona defense, likely without J.J. Watt, I think I'm with you. I am, I am playing 
Clyde in my flex spots, but I will be paying close attention to how they roll out Jarek McKinnon because that's the player. I am playing Jarek McKinnon in more places than I am comfortable to admit. (laughs) Believe you me. And look, for me, I'm going all the way to Sunday night football. The man that could not stay retired. Uh, I am obviously going to be talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And I love this game because I think it's going to be absolutely on fire. I think Brady is coming back to prove to Giselle that he can still do it and that it's worth him causing a potential divorce uh, in in coming back and playing football. Look, an, an, uh, an implied point total of 50 and a half. Tampa Bay are the favorites. I like that line. Last year, Tom Brady, 91.7 overall grade. But it's not Brady, obviously, is the player I'm talking about today. I'm finding a way to talk about Julio Jones. I understand that Julio Jones last year let some people down. But let's talk about uh, let's talk about Tampa Bay and the Cowboys. The Cowboys only have two players with a PFF grade over 70 in their secondary. As a whole, three overall on their entire defense with Parsons hitting that 70 mark. Brady will have an opportunity to get off to a fast start. You know he's going to want to do it. It's Sunday night football. Lots to be made. Last season, Julio Jones managed a 14 yards uh, per reception average and a 74.2 wide receiver grade. When that man played and was targeted, he was still Julio motherfucking Jones. The talent is still there. It's just a question whether or not his hamstrings are still there. And why I am absolutely smashing him into my lineups this week is because in week one, he is not on the injury report. It is not cold. It is indoors. It is against a weak secondary uh, that will be focused on Mike Evans, but it is still Julio Jones, and he should have every opportunity. The Bucks averaged 9.14 targets per game to Chris Godwin, 8.86 targets per game to Antonio Brown, who retired uh, and went absolutely nuts uh, during your fantasy playoff. Thanks for that. 7.13 targets per game to Mike Evans. There are targets available on this team. Russell Gage injured, not 100%. We talked about Chris Godwin to open up the show. We don't know what he's going to do. A one-week healthy Julio Jones with a Tom Brady coming out of retirement pissed that he didn't make the Super Bowl because for some reason Cooper Cup got behind the defense. I don't know how the hell you let that happen. If you only get one week of a healthy Julio Jones, I'm hoping this week is a Julio Jones retro rewind. He is my absolute locked-in player for my flex spot this week. I need to play him. I want to play him. I hope you do too. So that's it for Punisher Tolly. We're going to be back in a second when we come back. We're going to do that thing that Tom Lee makes fun of me for trying to enunciate. And uh, every week he does this, so now I'm too ashamed to uh, mention it. So I'm going to let him do that when we come back. We're going we're gonna to get into that. We're going to get our pickums, and then we're going to get you out of here for the rest of your Saturday. Thanks for hanging out with us, everyone. Dabble is coming in uh, to New York. First game of new system, Saquon is back. It looks like Tony and Shepard might play. You've got Wandale. Uh, they finally got rid of Evan Drop Ingram. Um, it, it could be good. Their offensive line is still ass, and Daniel Jones does rush. I think 
the matchup isn't the worst, but uh, I'm I'm wondering if you should play a more steady QB two because you don't want to hang an L in the first week. Daniel Jones, remember people called him White Lamar Jackson uh, for a period of time, and uh, I took that personally. Um, he can either go out there and he could probably put up 17 and a half points just on the running alone if they actually let him, or he's going to go out there and put up four and sink you right away when you could have just played a receiver. Tom Lee, for all the people out there new to the show, not watching because you make fun of me for saying this all the time. Why don't you explain what is, Oh, we have, we have an Elliot question. I got to do this. Um, (laughs) Ezekiel Elliot will, he is going to play in more spots than I want to, but Jasper, if you are hoping for um, Ezekiel Elliot to not give you a heartburn all year, you're in for a long season. Grab some Tums. Relax. Don't watch the Cowboys game. Just be very happy if you end up with uh, like an RB sixteen per game type season. I'm not happy. I'm not happy about him uh, playing him every week. I think um, I really can't sit here and talk much more about Elliott, but especially this week against the Bucks, if yeah. Tony Pollard is actually getting the receiving work that they keep talking about. I think Tony Pollard will spell Ezekiel Elliott a lot more than people may think, taking away some of those checkdowns and dump offs that has really helped prop Zeke Elliott up. This is not a week I am very confident. Confident? Oh my God. Confident in in Elliott. There will be some weeks, but that's that's not the one. Uh, Jasper Steelers and Steelers. That's super funny. <laughs> Before you guys go, do you mind? Uh, we're not going yet. We got quite a bit to go here. Do you do you mind each of you name your Super Bowl picks? conference final as well if you guys wish to that's really that's really hard to do but i mean i think the bills have got to be the favorite (laughs) like they were my favorite last year they're my favorite this year um if if not them i think i am going to take the niners and trey lance yeah so i have bills bills versus niners in the super bowl with the bills coming away you guys go ahead he said each of you, so hurry up. Let's go. Lucas. I don't want to say the Bills, but I mean, that's the that's the only one I think <laughs> where I like feel any sort of confidence that they're yeah. going to be one of the final four teams this year. Yeah, I think their offense is ridiculous, and they showed that they can get after the passer. Granted, it's against a weak uh, Rams offensive line, but it, it's tough to bet against them. If I was putting money down today, it's, it's the Bills. 100%. Tom Lee? Yeah, I'm Bills too, and then you know, take your pick of the NFC because I'm not really sure there's a standout standout okay. across the changes we've seen. So, let me say this: man, though. like we're we're gonna know pretty pretty well about halfway through whether there's like a few of these teams are gonna be there again. Let me say this though: two teams, Chargers, Bengals. Bengals got a lot better on their defense and they got a lot better on their offensive line. And the Chargers just went and absolutely stacked up with Khalil Mack, JC Jackson. They drafted well. Uh, they're pissed yep. off as well. Uh, I think Chargers have, a, <laughs> Chargers have, I know, I'm just saying, aside from the Bills, because we all picked the Bills, I think the Chargers and the Bengals, and I'll yeah. say this Lamar Jackson was a front runner for the MVP up until about week seven or eight last year. Healthy team in Baltimore. Maybe 
but I wouldn't even put them in there as a Super Bowl contender. Playoff contender, not the Super Bowl. So, so what we're well, saying we is have, there's one side of the finals that we might be watching a little more interestingly. Right. The, N- the NFC, I mean, who knows? Uh, I have no idea. All right, let's get into it. Tom Lee, explain what we're doing next here. So the word you can't say is hard yakka. Um, I think sure I say it correctly and you make yeah. fun of me. I might be gaslighting you by this point. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. It's the, it's the harsh consonants in Australia, the yakka. Uh, I think you uh, you rolled with a bit of yakka at one point and yoka and whatever else is going on. But it's essentially the hard work. Um, I don't know how you stayed on the show and haven't fired you yet. You called it the, you called it the walkabout. We it's true. Australia. I mean, it's I'm replaceable. True. If there's other Australians out there, I don't uh, think there's many other Australians willing to get up at 5:30 in the morning to do this program for the people. So shout out exactly. to you for that. Yeah, the quality may be poor, but the effort. Nah, even the effort's not always there. But yeah, hard hard yucker is what we're all about. Um, hard work. This is more of the process-driven part of the fantasy, um, I guess, experience. Um, this week for us, it starts hits because this is where. <laughs> We're all, like we talk about tilt with a full tilt dynasty network. Uh, this is where tilt happens before the rounding yes. starts. Um, we're sitting there going, shit, 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 shit. What do you do? Who is, who do I pick? <laughs> you narrative yourself all over the place. And eventually then you start, I don't know, <laughs> you start Mike Davis. Is what yeah, happens. exactly. Losing, yeah. losing your absolute shit. Um, what we're going to do for uh, this portion of the show right now is we're going to look at the fantasy pros weekly rankings for week one. If you right now, everyone listening, if you want to comment, you head over to YouTube at the dynasty tilt. You can go over to triple play fantasy. You can go to the true North uh, fantasy and you can go to Twitch right now to drop your comments. Keeper trade a Rob. Okay. This is the type of stuff that we're going to get into right now. If you have roster questions, this is the time to do it. We're going to close the show uh, out with this for content purposes. We're going to do our pickums, but right now roster decisions, this is what we're going to be looking at over there at fantasy pros weekly rankings. And we're going to talk about some players that we are not sure what to do with this week. Uh, I wish I could enunciate this axis myth. Hopefully I got that right. Um, keeper trade a Rob. If trade, which receiver should I be trying to get Two keeper PPR? I think, I don't think there's going to be a lot you can do in a keeper league for Allen Robinson without taking on more risk. I think if you're trading Allen Robinson, you're going to be trading him for another player that just has equal risk. What are you, you going to trade him for Allen Lazard? I mean, no, I'm not. Um, I think that you're kind of just stuck with him at this point. Um, I think you're holding. I think you're holding Allen Robinson and seeing what you have. It is week one. Like Tom Lee said, if you do too much, you could overdo it. If you react too much, I should say, I think you're kind of best standing pat. I don't think there's any way that we see another two target, one reception-esque game from Allen Robinson this year. I think... I think the Bills just shit kicked them. I think that's at yeah. the end of the day what it was. Yeah, the if thing I'll say about like an A Rob type piece is that if you have just had that player on your roster and you've had the shit week, why then trade him away to let everyone yes. else have no, like not that shit week? Correct. Because there's a period of how long does it take for me to evaluate whether it's worth something or not? And if you've already had one shit week, you are just losing at this point to trade him away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the if if trade which wide receiver should i be trying to get and uh, i just mentioned him i think if it depends on your um your risk tolerance but 
potentially an Amari Cooper is actually a player. And I know I wrote the Amari Cooper as fantasy football's middle child article at goingfor2.com. I understand that. However, if your risk tolerance is, is deep, you will get Deshaun Watson back for the fantasy football playoffs. And if you're wondering if you can take a gamble on a player like that, I would. Um, they're both likely to shit the bed for you. So I'm going to take the player with that top five dynasty quarterback, top five quarterback in the NFL might be a piece of shit. Might not be. That's not for me to decide. All I know is, is that he's coming back for the fantasy playoffs. I would be willing to accept uh, Cooper cup for Allen Robinson. If you can still get that because Jacoby Brissett could very well be turning people off. Fair enough. And Tom, is that a, Tom, is that Australian rugby star who went to the 49ers a couple of years ago? Is he still there? Question mark. Hashtag is he, or uh, is he still good? Uh, he's there was China. one. Oh, oh. shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. He's not, yeah. he's not doing well. Um, yes. I do. Re- I do go, remember go the guy. Yeah. Yes, um, he's in prison. Okay, I so yeah, he's not doing yeah. well. Not doing great. That's <laughs> not good. Yeah, yeah, not doing great. Hopefully that. Hopefully that answers your question, Axis. Uh, Amari Cooper would be a player that I'm willing to go to, and even Jacoby Myers is another player I'd kind of be willing to pivot off of. But again, Jacoby Myers, another player that you are just um, relying on your risk tolerance to not make you want to vomit. Um. All right, guys, a couple players that you are not totally sure what to do with uh, this week. I'm willing to start. It's Justin Fields for me. And I know we had Scott Barrett on, and his rushing just has had carried him last year, and this is a new offense. His weapons are bad. The defense is bad. This game could get out of hand. Darnell Mooney is his alpha, which is terrifying. His other option, Cole Komet. Uh, if he's your QB one, I am worried. If he is your QB two, st- I'm not as worried, but I am slightly concerned. He is a Konami quarterback. I- I'm not. I'm not sure what to do with Justin Fields this week. I think you play him for an upside play, but I am not. I am not confident in that game at all. Like the implied point total doesn't even give me a ton of confidence. I think a lot of that comes down to just the, the bears being a bad football team. (laughs) Like they're a bad football team. And I think every week we're going to kind of sort of have this conversation about, about Justin Fields. You got to be confident in him. So that's, that's the first player that I can think of that. I am not totally sure what to do. You can't really play him. You really can't play anyone else. I mean, the over under is only 40 and a half points. Yeah. It's these teams are going to drag the clock down. It's going to be disgusting and not fun to watch. But if you look at the players around him, Ryan Tannehill, Carson Wentz, Daniel Jones, Jared Goff, Baker Mayfield, Mitch Trubisky, Mac Jones, Marcus Mariota, there's not a lot of other options for you. I was going to say, are you in the ranks right now? Like, do any of them have the same ceiling or upside that you see? Maybe Baker, but mm. who knows? Uh, I was not, thinking Tannehill. Not yeah, comfortably. Maybe Tannehill, but. Against the Giants, sure, but I'm just not – I'm not sure. I think you're stuck, and that's what this this portion of the show is, and it's important to note you shouldn't be overreacting if Justin Fields go out there and does lays uh, lay down an egg. Gentlemen? Go for Luke. 
I mean, I completely agree with that. I think, though, as your quarterback, too, uh, with his rushing baseline, and especially if the conditions are going to be bad, I think he'll rely a little bit more on his legs. I think you're going to be perfectly fine. And you have that added upside of what if, what if this guy that we were thinking is the quarterback, too, in last year's draft class actually is good and plays like it, then we'll be fine. But uh, for this week, I'm really looking at Damian Pierce. He's the guy I've been talking about. Oh my god! Off season, would all off season. Oh my god! And how can you be not sure what to do with them? You should be sliding him in as a top five option with the amount you talked <laughs> talked about Damian Pierce this off season. The funny He's thing the is, goat. the funny thing is, is, I didn't even like Damian Pierce coming out. I didn't, but he <laughs> lands in Houston. They have so many just open carries there. And he looked good this preseason. I'm like, all right, I can talk myself into Damian Pierce whenever he's a ninth round pick. But now you're having to draft him in the mid sixth at the latest. And people are even going in the fifth for him. That's tough. And his week one matchup is up against the number four rush defense from last year in the Indianapolis Colts. The grade out is 71.8. And the Houston Texans were ranked dead last in run blocking. And at a 48. And if y'all are wondering what the scores are, 48, that's really, really, really bad. <laughs> they consistently were failing. I'm you, consistently. Let's just say this, though. Mark Ingram last year was on pace for 1,000 yards on that team before he got moved back to New Orleans. He was because they just shoved the ball up the A-gap. We're like, fuck it. We're doing it anyway. Different coach there now, but we, we don't know what they are going to do. Implied point total of 45 and a half. I think he's worth a play. I think if you have Pierce, you're playing him. I think you, I think if you have Pierce, you're playing him. I don't think there's any way you keep him out of your flex. If this is, if what we're talking about is um, your options is like Pierce and some wide receiver four, I think you're playing the running back, right? We're talking about bottom of the flex spots in these situations. I believe Fantasy Pros has him. I just want to double check, make sure I am at PPR. Uh, I'm looking for him right now. I think I don't he was running back 24. Running back 20, yeah. 27. I mean, Cam Akers, we saw how that fucking turned out. <laughs> but Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Rashad Penny, A.J. Dillon, David Montgomery being 22 is absolutely asinine. Uh, he's going to be awful this year. We're going to talk about that in the pick slot. But um, you're, you're right. I, I don't know if there's a ton of guys after him that I'm comfortable playing. I would rather play Tony Pollard this week than Damian Pierce in my flex. Yes, those I, are the two options. I much rather go Tony Pollard. I don't have near the questions about the matchup that I do with Pierce. And I mean, it's his very first game in the NFL. We saw what 11 carries in the preseason from him. Granted, he looks great. Right. The hype is real. He looks like he's going no to Leonard. be a really good part of your team. What was that? No, no Leonard this week. He's out. So hole in the middle. But let's let's talk about the players after yeah. him. Let's talk about players that we're comfortable playing. Uh, uh, Kareem Hunt. I'm no, comfortable. I'm... I'm comfortable playing Kareem Hunt this week. Ramondre Stevenson. I would. I'd play oh. Ramondre over over Pierce. Pierce. Mm-hmm. J.D. McKissick. No. Michael Carter. No. Melvin Gordon. Mm, no. Brees Hall. Ooh. That's that's a really, really tough one. I want exactly. to put Brees Hall, but Billy laid out such a great point about Brees Hall exactly. earlier on. And so I didn't want to, you know, rehash that. Definitely go check out what he said on our YouTube channel. We have a short on it. It is really good information. I mean, you are 
you're drafting these rookie running backs to be right. great for you in the playoffs. That's whenever you're really counting on them to be awesome, like what you were counting on with Javante Williams last year. But and, I don't know if week one's the week you unleash them. And part of and at the end of the day, we're talking about players that maybe we would start, maybe we won. If you want the easiest method, in my opinion, you attack the games with the highest applied point totals. Fair enough. Like that's that to me is that's what I'm looking for uh, in yeah. this case. And forty, it, the, the line's gone up. It opened at forty four for the over under. It's forty five and a half. It's gone up. Indy is obviously the favorite. I guess we'll see if they have any value in uh, Pierce as a pass protector or a pass catcher. Period. But that's what that's why we're asking these questions because these are lineup decisions that you're going to have to make. And I loved what Akash said. Uh, where he talks about uh, not liking starter sit questions. I understand that. Just pick the player with the highest uh, uh, projected points and you'll have just as equal of a shot. Sure, I understand that. I love Akash. He's a phenomenal follow. But these are still questions that people are out there asking. That's what we're trying to do. Tom Lee, is there a player that you are not 100% sold on what to do? I know what my, my next one is. And we'll get out of here after we do our pickums and and these picks here. But so the one for me is Devonta Smith, right? Yes. Uh, what to do? The offense got better, but his position possibly didn't. They're playing the mm. Lions, so it's you know it should be a good game script. It, it, there's positives all around. He's currently wide receiver 36 on Fantasy Pros weekly rankings. He's one of those guys who, based on talent, you want to put in your team, but then. You know, there's players around him that you could narrative base really convince yourself to go, well, do I roll this person? Do I roll that person? What do I do? Um, so on name alone, you think, well, I've got to put this guy in my lineup. But then I'm sitting there with the flex going, you know, do I go with the Rashad Penny? Do I go with, uh, you know, these are the comparable. It may not be another wide receiver, but in a flex spot, what do you do with him? And one of the one of the interesting things in that is as the wide receiver won on his team, he averaged 10.9 fantasy points per game. So now you're expecting with A.J. Brown in and Dallas Goddard asserted and this offense clicking with Jalen Hurts for him to take that step up. Sure, he quite possibly can, but let's look at some wide receivers around his range and see if you're comfortable playing right now. We'll obviously start here. Fantasy football's middle child, Amari Cooper. Mm. Yes, they are. They are dead level, right, with me. If I'm like, if you, if you hear those two names, you're going, yeah, yeah, start them. Head to head, I'll probably stick with Smith because I like I like the Detroit matchup a little bit more. And he's a he's a more explosive player at this point in his career. Well, I'm not going to count Brandon Ayuk because I think he should be higher with the news that Kittle is dealing with that injury. I said that at the top of the show. Let's go, Tyler Lockett. Just say yes or no. Like no. Okay, so we're going Smith. Uh, Robert Woods. No. Smith. Okay. Kadarius Tony. Definitely not. Drake London. Mm-hmm. Injured Drake London. No. Uh, injured, this, no. this is what I mean. Like Chris Olave. Yeah. No. <laughs> this is what I mean. Like I you have to play him. You have to play him. You have to play him at that point if that's what you're looking at. But let's see if there's any players that you take him over. Hunter Renfro. No. No. Christian Kirk. Ooh. Against yeah, Washington. Kirk. I like Christian yeah. Kirk. 
Okay, so we're playing Christian Kirk above him. He, he's rated higher on Fantasy Pros, but it's interesting when you really look at it. You're talking about the bottom of your flex spots where you drafted some of these players, and it is very easy to get uncomfortable quickly. Uh, I mean, it I mean, is it's tougher with, with Smith as well. If you look at running backs, so two I want to look at: so Clyde Evans, Hilaire, and Rashad Penny. Uh, in theory, you know they're really, really back end RB twos. They could be fighting for that same sort of spot. Would you play either of those over Smithy? I'd pay Penny over him. Yeah, I would play. I would play Penny for sure. Um, I also lean that way, but it's it's one of those things of wide receivers can score more generally. You know, should we be playing them more of the time in the flex spot? So, like you're looking at if we if we're looking at all positions around Devonta Smith, he is ranked 95th on the week in the superflex format. Uh, you got Dalton Schultz and Penny is is 98th. He's right there, but we've also got Clyde. Are you starting Clyde over him? No, I'm not. No, you're not. Okay, I, I, I would consider it. I think that I would consider it for it's sure. Tight. Like it, yeah. And I have this decision in, but, in at least one league. But that's what I mean. You've got uh, Cordero Patterson. Yes, mm, no, no. Not happy Don't with Patterson. You've got Kareem Hunt. Um, like there's there's a ton of different options here when you're talking to receive or running backs and tight ends as well. These are important yeah. roster decisions. It's very tough for me. The the next player that I am I am seriously debating uh in any spot. I oh my god, I just lost him. Oh my god, it's Jahan Dotson. Yeah. So Jahan Dotson was a first round pick in most rookie drafts. For all the people that were drafting guys like Tolbert ahead of Dotson, you should be ashamed of yourselves. But all you've heard through camp is the rapport with Carson Wentz is absolutely right. locked in. Yep. Wentz is locked in with Dotson. Uh, I'm actually comfortable enough to to put him in my flex position. In one, look, we often play in leagues that have three flex spots, so keep yep. that in mind. If you're good two or one it's flex spot, your number one flex. Spot, you're yeah. yeah, you're obviously taking the absolute banger in that flex. And obviously, I did mention that Julio Jones is taking up one of my flex spots, so we're already shooting for the moon here. But if you look at the players around him, I mean, Isaiah McKenzie was listed ahead of him. Look what he put up in the Rams game. He scored, and he still didn't put up 10 PPR points. Dawson Knotts, ass. Zach Ertz, injured. Jarvis Landry, competing with Michael Thomas and Chris Olave. Don't know what he's going to do. George Pickens, no idea how that's going to turn out. Russell Gage, injured. Valdez Scantling, ass. Tyler Boyd, third receiver on his team. Chase Claypool, ass. It's... And the other players around Dotson, Gordon, Devonta Parker, Cole Komet, Nico Collins, DJ Chark. I actually like Michael Carter. I think Michael Carter is a player that I'm pretty happy playing in my flex with Joe Flacco. I'll say that much. But I think Jahan Dotson is in line. I believe his his, – oh, my gosh. I'm going to try to look it up as fast as I can without creating a ton of dead air. Uh, while I'm looking this up super fast, super fast, super fast, super fast. Well, I mean, just Man. think about the strategy that you're using for those last flex spots. Yes. If you don't have somebody who's safe there, who you think yeah. can go out and get you double-digit points and you're not worried about, go for freaking upside at that point. Yeah. yeah. So Jahan and- Dotson's over-under is 3.5 receptions. I think he's hitting that over for sure in oh, week yeah. one. I think they're going to use him. Uh, I don't know I'm where this – the yeah. Curtis Samuel coming back to life thing, Logan Thomas coming back from an injury. Uh, I I think Washington's going to be behind in this game. 
I like Dotson in this week. I think I'm confident playing him in that as that super. He is my last hope at flex, <laughs> in my opinion. He is the yeah. lowest spot that I'm willing to actually stick into my lineup. And mm-hmm. I drafted Dotson. That's a good call. Drafting Dotson, good call. Especially in redraft where you were getting him even later. I am yeah. not expecting yeah. a ton from him, but I would rather play Dotson over a player like McKissick in there who's also in that same game. Um, we don't know what Terry McLaurin's going to do. We don't know what Carson Wentz is going to do, but I'm happy playing Dotson last desperate call at a flex spot in week one. We'll see what happens. Um, look, that's going to do it for the bulk of this show. Obviously we want to talk about underdogs. So we're going to play our pick and picks for this week. I've got a couple here. I have already submitted. Feel free to play along. If you're new to underdog fantasy, well, let me tell you this. Underdog fantasy, best ball season, it is pretty much over at this point if you missed out at that. But don't worry, underdog is a lot more than just best ball. Pick'em is a phenomenal opportunity to add a little bit more excitement into your games while you are watching. Do you think that A.J. Brown's going to score more than 12.5 points? Well, guess what? Hit the over on underdog, bet a little bit of money. It keeps you engaged. They have consistent new games they're putting out new competitions and it's not just football baseball golf video games it is underdog is expanding and if you've never played before if you are new to underdog you can use promo code full tilt they will deposit match you up to $100 that is $100 free money that they will match you if you are new to the platform you can just go to underdogfantasy.com head over there get involved We're going to give you some examples right now. Guys, these are the plays that I have actively made already. On Tuesday's show, Jacob, Billy, and I gave our favorite plays. It was the over on Marquise Brown, 69 and a half receiving yards. You smashed that over. David Montgomery, under 14 and a half rushing attempts. We smashed that under. My call over on Darrell Henderson's 30 and a half rushing yards. That hit. He had 47 Uh, We had a $15 entry on that. We're on the hook for $90. That is just some of my favorites. I have a couple more. Oh, my goodness. All right. Let's talk about a few more over there on Underdog, shall we? Some of my favorite plays this week. You guys can have yours. Uh, Aaron Jones, over 36 and a half receiving yards. Oh, that's so easy. You're smashing that over. All right. This is a a, a five. I want you guys. That's fine, Lucas. Uh, and, and Tom Lee, I just got your messages here. We're going to talk about uh, these ones here. I'm happy to supply them. Definitely go in and play these with me. Um, I cannot be held responsible if you lose money. But remember, <laughs> I'm also losing money here with you. So we'll do it together. Correct. That way we can tell. So Aaron Jones, 36 and a half yards. We're smashing the over on the same slate. Juju Smith-Schuster over 47 and a half receiving yards. I smashed that over. Keenan Allen, 69 and a half receiving yards in that game he's still the wide receiver one everyone we took the over on that josh jacobs two receptions josh jacobs two receptions i hit the over on that i think he's getting more than that uh for sure and clyde edwards elaire this is the one that i am the least confident in 14 and a half receiving yards oh that's the one that i 
I'm took the over. This is a fifteen dollar entry. (laughs) This is five picks at a fifteen dollar entry for a potential three hundred dollar win. These are all very winnable. I'm gonna give you one more slate of five. Are you ready? One more slate of five. Play along at full tilt at Dynasty Tilt. Let us know that you played along, and we'll tilt together. JD McKissick over twenty two and a half receiving yards. I took the over Michael Pittman jr. The man that I said would give you everything you wanted Calvin Ridley to give you. I have been on. We proved it. I have been on Michael Pittman jr. Since March. Love it. Love him. His total 69 and a half. We took the over. This one to me is insane. It's at, this is free money. Everyone absolutely free money. Rashad Bateman. 48 and a half receiving yards. The man is the wide receiver one. Well, aside from Mark Andrews, right? Obviously we're taking the over on that one. Correct. Yeah. I want to, I, I think that that's about right though, but I I think I still want to take the over. You, Oh my Lucas. I have zero confidence in the jets putting up a fight. I think that he might have 40 yards really fast and then they're just going to Pound the rock the rest of the day. Uh, as the number one receiver? Come on. I don't I'm, think. I'm just, I'm a little nervous. That, I don't that, think there's. That one made me go. Uh, I don't okay. Know. Okay. I'm more obviously little, maybe a little homerism. Right? No, <laughs> All right. Next, uh, number four on this slate, Michael Carter, 14 and a half receiving yards. We smashed oh, yeah. the over on that. That's fine. Absolutely smash it with Joe Flacco. And then. This one's for Lucas. I deliberately put it in here for the show. 12 and a half rushing attempts, Damian Pierce. That would be more rushing attempts than he had throughout the entirety of the preseason. I took the over at 12 and a half rushing attempts against the Indianapolis Colts. That is a $15 set potential winning of $300. Again, JD McKissick over 22 and a half, Michael Pittman over 69 and a half receiving yards, Rashad Bateman over 48 and a half receiving yards, Michael Carter over 14 and a half receiving yards, and Damian Pierce over 12 and a half rushing attempts. I will post these up at Dynasty Tilt. Here's a fun little tidbit about your Damian Pierce uh over under. He never once recorded more than 13 rushing attempts in college. And I think never. that's why what i think that's why they said it at that lucas i'm with you running all day in the second half of baltimore i think remember lamar jackson didn't play at all in the preseason hasn't played since december Mm -hmm. i think if they're up they might actually try to treat it like a preseason game there's also that jasper right on fellas great show liked and subscribed beer run enjoy your beer run jasper thanks for the sub we appreciate you it means a lot uh mike davis michael over 50 yards question mike i I look, I've written about Mike Davis this offseason. <laughs> guys, that's the show. We're at an hour and a half. We have tons of content on the fantasy walkabout for you guys this season. This might be the normal. We don't know. We'll see how it goes. We are switching things around. We are trying to evolve as a show and as a brand. And we're doing that for you guys. We also couldn't do it without you guys. So much love. We appreciate every single one of you guys. You're new to the fantasy walkabout. We give you a little something that other shows aren't. This is, I know for a fact, other shows aren't giving you. Tom Lee, your final thoughts, and please grace us with our Aussie slang of this week. We got the Aussie slang. This is where we fell apart last week as the internet thought it was too much content for us to handle. The slang this week 
So are you guys familiar? I, again, I've got to check. When every time I come up with a slang, there's other parts to it to make sure that you guys are on board. Yes. When you're flat about something, you're upset about something, right? Okay, interesting. Didn't know that. Okay. Well, there you go. So this is this is crucial because otherwise it doesn't work. Uh, flat as a shit carter's hat. Flat as a shit carter's hat. Yes. Okay. Uh, How in the history- fuck do you use that in a sentence? It's a history lesson, right? So Australia was famous for having dunnies or outdoor toilets for a long period of time um, okay probably more recent than we we want to accept but you used to have a guy who used to drive around something called the shit truck right now if you have a dunny and you don't have any sewage you don't have any plumbing you had to get a man who physically drove his truck around to pick your shit up and put it in the truck oh my god the problem with this is when you have a dunny you have a receptacle underneath that had all the shit in it this would get quite heavy and would be hard to carry Right, so the shit carter, the guy who drives the shit truck around, used to have a padded hat on which he'd place the shit bucket to walk around with the shit on his head. Because the shit was so heavy, it would often flatten the hat out. So you are therefore flat as a shit carter's hat. Oh my <laughs> god! What? I don't even know what to fucking say about that. Oh. My God, as okay, as flat as a shit Carter's hat. That's it. Oh yeah. my! So next music. week we might roll with a bit of a segment of what are you flat as a shit Carter's hat about? Oh <laughs> my God, that might that might have replaced shits me to tears. That might have replaced <laughs> shits me to tears. That's oh my God, I got to use it when Aaron comes home. If she's mad from work, <laughs> I'm gonna let her know. I'm gonna let her know. Lucas, final thoughts before we get out of here. Well, it's a good thing that the show is ending because I'm going to need to take a minute to just digest <laughs> what we just learned um <laughs> wow uh hey but football's back is, is. back is I'm, I'm watching my vols currently be the pit panthers oh crap uh, that was a big play that's unfortunate <laughs> but football's back we all love it this is what we've been trying to get through all offseason get to this point and i hope that the football gods grace us with some awesome games this week. And while we've been on the air, there have been two major upsets in college football, but uh, that'll, I'll leave that for the Debbie show. I mean, holy cow, it's it's that time of year again. I mean, the sun is actually shining, guys. We made it. I think that's important to note. All of the takes, all of the bullshit, all the arguing, it's finally over and football is finally here. Look, my final thoughts are always the same. Thank you to everyone tuning in, staying with us, hanging out with us. We appreciate every single one of you. If you want in the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast Discord, you can do that at Dynasty Tilt. It is in the profile. You can do that at Thomas Tipple FF. It is also in my profile. You can go to truenorthffb.com slash full tilt and you can get it. You can also look up the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast on Discord. We should pop up. It is a open public server. If you have not already, please rate review leave a comment tell me that my hat smells like shit it doesn't matter tell me that patrick back there our hr alpaca looks bored doesn't matter what you comment just that you do it helps drive us up the charts and we thank you for that it was a long off season but i'm glad we got to spend it together uh we've had some really rough scenarios out there in the news in the football world we have lost some absolute juggernauts uh in the broadcasting world, lots, lots of things happening. But the one consistent thing that we've all relied on here is each other at the full tilt network. And that's not going to change. 
if you want to watch the games with us and tilt along, we will have watch parties going down in the Discord, something that we are providing for everyone. I want to remind everyone that there are people on the other side of their screen. So when you're on there on Twitter, understand that the people you are talking to may be saying some things that maybe you shouldn't. Remember that there are people on the other side. Check in on your loved ones. Remember that clear eyes, full hearts can never lose. And goddamn, your best days, well, they're always spent tilting. Good night, everyone. Week one.